Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network and the FantraxHQ.com fam. D-Mendy here, joined by a cakey that's not so flaky. That's Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Lil Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? It's going great. I went sledding with my kids today. It was beautiful. How you doing, David? Doing good. Uh, how much snow did you get over in Frederick? Uh, like three, four inches. Not, not, too, not, not too much. Yeah, it was, it was this, this, it wasn't great sledding snow because it didn't like pack down. It wasn't mm-hmm. that perfect, like heavy snow that you just fly on. But my kids, they're four and not even two yet. They didn't care. <laughs> they're big fans of the snow already. Oh, they love it. No, I love that. I was, I thought we were actually going to get a lot more than we did. They were all calling these winter advisory warnings and didn't seem too bad, at least for what I saw. But not talking about snow. We're talking about another guy on the pod tonight, and that's the doc, Eric Mendelson, the guy that owns light up headphones. What's going on? It's pretty good, man. Uh, you know that they just light on light up when you're turning them on, right? Just like most AirPods do. Uh, mine don't light up multicolored like that. Oh, that you have the off brand head. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, they're the NFL ones. They're not the Apple AirPods, you nit. Yeah, why don't just get the regular ones? They were a gift. From my girlfriend's mom, David. Okay, enough questions. (laughs) They were pretty funny. They took me back a little bit when I saw them. It wouldn't be an episode if we didn't bring up your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) We asked why I didn't get them. Uh, It's true. I I feel like you can stop the episode here because she's already been mentioned now. You used to mention her more than I did. That's true. Well, the offseason is here. And we're firing up off-season content like there's no tomorrow. When draft day comes and the season is here, you want to make sure you're in tip-top shape to take down your league. No BS, short-term podcast fixes here. No, 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 no. That means subscribing to this podcast, listening to these episodes, getting info, and ultimately seeing results, baby, because the progress begins when you do. And in today's episode, we have the Triple Play Fantasy Relief Pitcher Preview. Before we head into 2021, we want to give an early look at each position and talk about these position groups with the players heading into next season. We're using NFBC rankings from February 1st as our template, as tonight we are going to attack the relief pitching pool. We're going to skip the shallow end of this pool and go right into adult swim with Rob DiPietro, and we're going with Torres Talks. we got a double dipper tonight, man, both Awesome baseball minds and smooth individuals, so stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, which MLB manager, past or present, would you least want to get in a brawl with? And after we have our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's Let's do do it! It's funny that I know David by heart. All right, there is a lot of news and notes. It seems like they like to do this to us every week and <laughs> just empty out the entire news barrel on us. So let's let's start with the first bit of news here. Fernando Tatis Jr., the emerging face of baseball, agreed to a 14-year, $340 million contract extension with the San Diego Padres on Wednesday. One of the largest contracts in American sports history, the third largest right now in baseball. And he's established himself as arguably the face of baseball this early in his career. 
So I'm interested, Doc, your thoughts first. What did you think of this deal? I'm very surprised because he wasn't set to be a free agent for what another, like three years, right? Mm -hmm. So the timing of this is very interesting because I don't think that there was a need for them to. You see teams like the Rays going to arbitration for Ryan Yarbrough for 600000 and then the Padres are shelling out $340 million. I just think it's a lot for a guy that hasn't even played a full 162 games yet in his career. I understand that he's shown a lot of upside. He comes from a good family of baseball, but that's a serious investment to make for someone just so young. Good for him, though. Yeah, there's a no trade clause in there too. So he can approve any trade to whoever he wants. Um, or I, I, yeah, basically he is to say where he wants to go if they decide to trade him. But it's interesting you bring up that three-year mark that he still had on his contract because there hasn't been a large sample size of him yet. So they're really believing in what they're seeing with him early. And it's not like they're getting him at a discount. So Cheesecake, I'm interested to hear your thoughts about this as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it for Tatis. He, he was, I mean, they're and and San Diego's buying out the last few years of his arbitration. They're not going to have to go through that whole process. So I think, in a way, it's a smart move because if you consider the fact that Tatis might end up being the best player in baseball, it, it could be a huge bargain by year, you know, nine or ten of the deal. Uh, and they're locking him up. They're, you know, S- San Diego is showing that they're serious players. They're showing that they want to keep their guys. They're showing they want to they want to compete. And this is right in line with the moves they've done so far this season: the the Snell trade, the Darvish trade, all their signings. Another one we're going to talk about later today. Uh, another signing they had. So, you know, th- I I think it's a great move for Tatis for San Diego. Yeah, they're taking on a little risk, but. Who knows in four years when when he's actually up for for an extension, where, where is he going to go? Is he going to be in San Diego or is the Yan- are the Yankees going to be shelling for him? Are, are the Angels or the Dodgers going to be shelling for him? They're keeping him here for 14 years this way, almost his entire, in his entire career. I just think it's interesting, though, because Ronald Acuna signed an eight-year, $100 million contract extension. So you're talking about someone that's making an average of $12.5 million a year, and in eight years will probably be durable and at the peak throughout that that contract but 14 i mean he's going to be 36 by the end of it so good for the braves for signing in acuna for a cheaper contract i don't think that contract lives out i think in a few years they're going to have to revisit that because i think acuna is going to be unhappy with it i don't see that playing out the full eight years at that price for what he's doing that's just at least my thoughts I think my favorite thing though on Twitter was the where what age will you be in 14 years when Acuna's or when a uh, Tatis's contract is up? I was laughing at everything everybody was doing, so that's pretty funny. Uh, another bit of news here: Justin Turner alerted the baseball universe of his return to LA. Pending a physical, he's going to resign for two years, 34 million, with a 14 million team option for a third year. Poor Michael Govier and other Edwin Rios truthers out there. The deal includes $8 million in signing bonuses, built-in escalators that can raise the overall value up to $52 million for three years, which is insane that I think he's getting that money at this age. Cheesecake, what are your thoughts on this deal for Turner, and what does this mean for Edwin Rios? It stinks for Rios. Uh, you know, he This was where he was going to get a chance to get some at least strong side uh, plate appearances. Uh, Turner, though, I mean, 
if you're the Dodgers looking to defend your, your championship and you want to be solid at every single position, Rios wasn't solid. Rios was a, 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 pro, a potential, uh, a great, great addition to the team, but Rios might end up being a, you know, 200 hitter. We're not a hundred percent sure about him. He's got massive power and Turner. He's pretty much a sure bet. He's going to miss some time. Uh, he does it every year, but when he plays, he hits well, and he's one of the one of the best hitters on their team. I agree, and yeah, if you, if you drafted Edwin Rios already, this is I can't imagine you're any type of happy with this news. You know, Justin Turner is going to miss time if you draft him, but he's a great batting average option. Doc, similar sentiments from you? Yeah, I just think it's surprising that he's getting a two year deal at thirty six. I figured if the Dodgers would have re-signed him, they would have done that one year that seems to be very popular in free agency. Give him a one-year 14 or 15 mil and then play it by year. I would have done that as well, but we'll see what happens with that. The Big Maple is back in Seattle. The Seattle Mariners have reached agreement with James Paxton on a one-year $8.5 million deal, upping with potential bonuses to $10 million per ESPN's Jeff Passan. The Big Maple is going to earn an additional 750K with 10 games and 750K at 20 games. So injury concerns built in there. Doc, what do you is do this fantasy value for Paxton? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I talked about him, someone that I liked going outside his ADP, and that was last week when he was a free agent. So I think it goes up. I mean, he's someone, yeah, he's gonna get hurt. And that's why the Mariners put the injury clause or the games incentive in there. But when he's healthy, he's a sub four ERA pitcher, great strikeout upside. He's going back to the place where he started his career. So Maybe that gives him a little bit more motivation to you know try to push through, and uh, he seems to be hopefully healthy to begin the season. Cheesecake, what about you? Are you going to be drafting Paxton? I am. I mean, with the caveat that Seattle looks like they're committed to the six-man rotation, um, but I I think Paxton's a strong pitcher. I I do have some serious concerns about his his health and and his ability to the last through a, an entire 162 game season, but. By going with a six-man six rotation, they're going to be limiting his innings. They're going to be limiting his times throwing. He's only going to be thrown about once a week now. So I think that perhaps with that six-man rotation that Seattle's planning on going with, it might give him, I don't know, it might give him a chance to give him another extra day of rest in between his, his starts, and that might be helpful for him. But I, I, I don't really have a lot of trust in his health track record. So I think he's more of just like a spec on a, a speculation on a guy who might be really good, but not a guy I'm going to be relying on in any of my teams. Yeah, hear that. Some brutal news that came out today. JT Real Muto suffered a fractured thumb on his right or his right hand, and it occurred six days ago while catching a bullpen session, according to Jim Salisbury of NBC Sports Philadelphia. His thumb's going to be immobilized for the next two weeks. And while the Phillies are hopeful he'll be ready for the opening day roster and, and game, there's no guarantee that that will be the case. Remember, he just signed a new five-year, $115.5 million deal this offseason. Cheesecake, if you're drafting today, are you taking Riomuto where he is and not concerned, or are you dropping him? He's going pretty high right now. Um, so I think I would I would drop him a, at least around just in case, but I do also think that there's probably nothing to worry about with this, but I think he's going very high considering he's going about in the thirties on average. Um, 
So that's a very high pick. And, and with, with this sort of, with this sort of concern, you know, to me, I I'd probably push him if he falls into the late forties, I'd snap him up there. I love him. I've drafted him in a lot of my teams. So, uh, so obviously I'm on board and I'm, I'm pot committed with Rio Muto, but, uh, but I think, you know, it's, it's his non catching hand. So, so he's not going to be catching a fastball with that bad thumb. Maybe his throwing takes a little bit of a hit. Maybe a foul ball off of it gives him some aggravation. But, you know, I think a, a broken thumb is something that can be recovered from. There might be some power sap from it at first, but I think he will eventually fully recover. And, um, yeah, I, like I said, I'm going to drop him a little bit, but uh, but not too much because I do think he probably will fully recover. All right. Some more bad news. Indians ace Shane Bieber recently tested positive for COVID-19. While it looks like he's going to be fine for opening day, you never know how the symptoms are going to affect each individual as we saw last season. Doc, what does this do for your thoughts with Shane Bieber? Are you taking him where he is or are you kind of dropping him a little bit? Uh, I'm taking him where he is right now. Apparently his symptoms are pretty mild. Um, it's something that if you're drafting a little bit later on, I would stay uh, on top of if you're thinking about targeting him because you have to take him in the first round. So just make sure that he's cleared to start opening day. You're right that COVID has different effects for everyone. So want to make sure hopefully it's not too serious for him. But I think first and foremost, you know, on a personal note, hopefully he's, you know, he feels better. All right. Well, those were nice words from you, Doc. Thank you. You can say you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. The Orioles signed Matt Harvey to a minor league deal. Uh, these are just some small news and tidbits for you guys in case you missed them over the last week. With starting with Matt Harvey, the Yankees signed Jay Bruce to a minor league deal. The Mets right-hander Seth Lugo will undergo elbow surgery to fix a broken bone spur on Tuesday. So expect he's probably going to drop in some rankings. And then for others, he may be off their draft boards completely. So just keep an eye on that. Lugo won't begin throwing for at least six weeks following the procedure. So he's going to begin the season on the IL. Just keep that in mind. Rich Hill has agreed on a one-year, two and a half million dollar deal with the Rays. Cheesecake, do you like this deal? Uh, I mean, I don't expect Rich Hill to to make many starts. He hasn't been able to stay healthy lately. I think last season he threw a couple of starts for the Twins, and the season before that, I don't. I'm not sure he even got to ten starts with the Dodgers. So I I I like the deal in that Hill is very good when he pitches, but I, I don't think he's going to pitch much. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Rays use him. Uh, but I think they're very committed to only having a couple people start and then a bunch of kind of mix and match options. So he probably will go in that thing right there. We have CJ Crone signing a minor league deal with the Rockies. This is very interesting because Josh Fuentes is not a very strong first base option. Doc, what are you doing with CJ Crone? You know, I think every year everybody's like, this could be the year that CJ Crone leads the league in home runs. And if he gets to the majors, he could be up there because he's finally playing in Colorado where the air is thin. So uh, I think he's going pretty late in drafts, maybe a stash and somebody that could give you good power. I think I do expect him to make the major league roster from this. So I would I would be shocked if he's not getting major league at bats day one, if he does end up signing with the Rockies full and ends up everything playing how it's supposed to play out. So he's he's a very cheap first base target at the end of your drafts that has easy 30 home run power if he stays healthy. Jake Arietta going back to the Cubs on a one-year $6 million deal. Cheesecake, how are you feeling about this reunion? I, I mean, I, I love 
I love Jake Arietta. He he was great for the Cubs in 2015, 2016. Uh, glad to see him back in Cubs uniform, but I'm not sure how much he has left. Is he a guaranteed starter? You think, or is he going to be? You think they'll tinker with him and use him as a long relief option? What do you think? I think he'll start the season in the rotation. Are you drafting him? Hmm. Really late? Yeah, I'd, I'd spec on him in like a best ball or something like that. All right. All right, there you go. Interesting with the Padres, or I'm sorry, the Athletics making a bunch of moves here, bringing in Mitch Moreland and Trevin Rosen, Trevor Rosenthal, not Trevin, Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> and you drunk? Are, yeah, I'm drunk off of uh, talking to you guys. Trevor Rosenthal is very interesting here because this makes the situation with Jake Diekman very interesting. Mitch Moreland is also one of the only lefties they have in a heavy right-handed lineup. So, Doc, your thoughts first on either one or both of these moves and what do you think that means for the A's? Yeah, I, I think the Trevor, Ro- the Trevor, I can't say his name either, <laughs> signing is interesting because he's someone that was really dominant last year. But the year before that imploded with the Nationals. I think he had like a 20-plus ERA after his first three outings. So kind of the Jekyll and Hyde of relief pitching. Jake De- Jake Diekman led the league in holds a couple of years ago, so maybe they like him in that setup man role. Um, Mitch Moreland, I, I kind of like the fit there. Uh, I think he could provide some sneaky power. I think I forgot who called him it on Twitter, uh, Mitch Two Bags. I think it was Bubba. I like that nickname. Yeah, he's... Uh- Mitch Morris to get some playing time. Rosenthal looks to be the favorite to close now for the A's. So people were saying, hey, look, if you took a stab on him already in drafting, it's great. But his ADP is probably now going to start rising. Jake Diekman, meanwhile, those like myself thought he was closing, might be a little more scared about that now. The Padres agreed to a deal with right-handed free agent reliever Mark Melanson. So Cheesecake, closing questions in San Diego? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Melanson's been a closer most of his stops. He he had one season in San Francisco when he was recovering from an injury when he wasn't when he wasn't the closer. So he's been the closer everywhere he's gone and he's been pretty effective. Although last season he wasn't great. Uh his strikeout percentage went way down. So um yeah, I mean I, I think there are closing questions in San Diego. I think Melanson generally is signed a guy like Melanton is signed to be the closer. So, so yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. They also brought in Keon Kella. They have just so many arms in that bullpen. Uh, I'm kind of scared of that closer by committee approach. Is that not, do you, do you firmly think he'll be the guy or do you think they'll go that approach? I mean, they, they have gone with one guy last year. I mean, last year they had Yates who went down, then they went, um, with um oh god the guy from tampa bay pagan yeah Pagan. Uh, yeah they went with pagan and then they went with pomerantz and then they went with rosenthal so but it was always one guy at a time they just happened to have guys who kept getting injured and so they were always just going with one guy i think they're a, a, a team that likes to do one closer that's a good point i think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out maybe we'll get some clarity when spring training starts some farewell news Free agent Cody Allen has announced his retirement despite interest from teams earlier this offseason. And Twins great Brian Dozier announced his retirement today. 
from baseball. Remember, he was the owner of 140 homer, 18 stolen base season. Do you guys have fond memories of either of those guys? I can't believe you didn't say that Jared Hughes retired either, David. That is disrespectful. Sorry, you got lost in the news and notes. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, both were the big time players, obviously, watching them the last, you know, close to a decade. And especially Dozier. Dozier with Minnesota was someone I watched consistently. I was very angry with the Twins when they didn't trade him at peak value. <laughs> and uh, they were, they basically could have gotten Walker Bueller and decided that wasn't good enough. And I will never let the team live that down. But farewell to those guys. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. And are y'all as pumped as I am about that? Because that is oh yeah, awesome. Woo! Oh yeah, we're having a season on time this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is completely awesome. We can finally get some data. We can finally see some games. It's it's perfect. And if you're living off of the high of spring training in the air, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to hear more triple play. Great news for you. We have a fantasy football and a fantasy basketball show that you can check out. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about lighting up that Apple Podcast app with a five-star rating and review to support the show? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy. Eric runs our social media and provides daily questions, horrible takes, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Now, in a perfect world, we could eat a large Domino's pizza every night and not gain weight. We could be good at fantasy without prepping. But I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the world ain't fair. We've got hedge funds ripping off the common folk for millions of dollars. We've got 13-year-old TikTokers driving around in Lamborghinis. I don't even know how they have licenses. And we have fancy podcasts that don't care about how well you're going to do. I'm telling you, folks, it's a dark world out there, but we want to be your light. And all off-season, we are going to be that light as we keep giving you amazing off-season content and bring on amazing fantasy baseball guests that we are just so pumped to bring to you guys. So thank you to your the loyal listeners for tuning in each and every single week. And we'll be right back with the Relief Pitcher Preview with Rob and Torres right after this quick break. What's up, everybody? We're back live tonight, and we have two guests for you. We have a twofer. So good news, you get two for the price of one. And you didn't have to pay for anything. And I want to start out tonight introducing our first guest. We welcome in a man that you might as well have the shift on because all he does is pull the damn ball. The 2020 NFBC Draft Champion overall winner, the creator and host of the Pull Hitter podcast, and is a great dad to his plants. The only guy I know that can podcast standing up and tells it like it is when he says, do not be a bag of shit. We are talking to the one, the only, Deadpool hitter, a.k.a. Rob DiPietro. Rob, what is going on, my friend? What's up, guys? How are you? That was amazing. I love that whole <laughs> intro. That was that was blazing hot. My my intro game stinks compared to that. Thank you so much. Uh, you nailed everything there. That's awesome. I, I love the I love the attention to the plants. It was very, very <laughs> nice to shout that out. I love it. I feel like everybody always doesn't talk about the plants. So I felt like they needed some love. But uh, right. Plants yeah, do need love. Yes, we're, we're super pumped to have you on the show tonight, but I don't want to forget our other guest. And our other guest, we welcome in a man that ties together fantasy baseball knowledge and a perfectly kept beard in the same person. A fantasy baseball contributor for Razball, 
the only person I'd want on the case to solve any Cole Tucker, Vanessa Hudgens connection, and has the ability to identify almost any player from their picture. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man that takes the cake. We have Torres in the house tonight. Mr. Torres, what is going on, my friend? What's going on, guys? Wow. You are killing it with these intros. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. This is uh, definitely a big thrill to to be on here, just like it was to be on with uh, Mendy and Rob on the Pull Hitter Pod. Um, just, you know, blown away by all of the the positive feedback and encouragement that I've been receiving. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm back for another podcast. I I thought I was going to be a, a one and done, but uh, I'm I'm back and I'm I'm really happy to be with you guys. So thanks so much. The beard is fresh. I know last time you you were kind of blown away by how how tight this beard was, and you know it was getting a little scraggly. But I knew before I came on, I had to freshen up. So this was all for you, Mendy. You always make me jealous of that man. This is literally a two weeks growing for me, and. I, it's not you even gotta work on that, man. You got you got to work on that. <laughs> but dude, like you said, you guys, when we were on Rob's pod, I had an absolute blast and I think it was pretty well received. And I said, we got to get this chemistry going and with on, a, on the triple play pod and you guys know your stuff as well as anybody. And I think it's a great combination of personalities and baseball knowledge, especially with these other two on here. I, I, the less talking from them and the more from you guys, the better. So uh, I, I'm, I'm totally pumped for it. And uh, to have to have a guy with the brilliant mind that you have, Torres, and to have the draft champion guy on here, the same pod, it, it's it's going to be a doozy, fellas. So one, one and done, Torres. Come on, you took blood. <laughs> we yeah. pinched we pinched your finger after the uh, podcast. You don't remember? I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> You're in now, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas. We've got a doozy of a show to talk about tonight because we have relief pitchers. It's the least sexy position, maybe besides catcher to talk about tons of turnover. And we need to help all those desperate to try to identify what relief pitchers they need to target. So we're going to kind of break it down into three categories tonight. We're going to talk about pitchers that we have higher than consensus, ones that you would like to flip to other people and you're a lot lower on, and then some eighth inning guys that you think are planning that you're going to plant your flag on because you think they're going to be the closers by the end of the season. So let's, without further ado, let's dive in here. And let's start with the relief pitcher that you are really high on, higher than consensus. And Rob, I will start with you for this one. I think everybody's dying to know which relief pitcher are you really trying to get above ADP? Um, well, I'm going with, this is not a homer pick, but um, I'm going with my man, Edwin Diaz of the Met. Um, I know that there's some trepidation because of, uh, you know, of, of what seems to be a... Um, I think a larger, um, a larger thing that people. I, I think people were taking um, his context of what happened to him last year and like kind of overblowing it a little bit. Um, but just since 2018, first in saves with 89, second in K minus BB with 34.2, first in xFIP, second in zone contact 72%, second in swinging strike rate. This is for relievers, 19%. Um, and I know people, you know, will point to the 14 blown saves since 2018, but you know, Josh Hader has 14 as well. Rysel Iglesias has 12. Hand has 12. Ryan Presley has 15. All guys who I think get talked about without, um, like, really concerned of maybe sharing it with anyone else. Um, and then, so we'll come to 2020, and I think 
um, in that crazy short season we had, the crazy short, you know, crazy world with, that we were living in. I think everything was getting a little hyper focused. Um, and so he had one blown save in July. And then he also lit up with game time Homer in the next game. And then everyone thought he was just done, right? Well, August, September, 23 innings pitch, 17 and a half K, K per nine, 1.16 RA, 1.43 FIP, 1.95 X FIP, six saves, three holds. Um, his width per swing on his four seamer was 40%, league average 23. Um, he also gained about a mile per hour in his last three years on his four seamer slider, 57%. So, uh, with per swing, league league average, 37%. Also, another pitch again, two miles an hour in three years. Um, he ended the season as a closer. As a fact, he was so good in the last month, the guy who was taking the job from him, Lugo, they made a starter. Um, again, he had three blown saves last year. I know that. So did Presley. He had four. Horinchak had three. And then, you know, everyone will come in with the, oh, but Trevor Mays here, you know, and he has seven career saves. So for all the people who are blowing that up, I say smarten up and get on Edwin Diaz. So on a one to 10 scale, 10 being you think he's closer for the entire season, one being you're not confident in any way, shape or form. What's your confidence level in drafting and thinking he is the job the whole season? He's the guy. And let me tell you another thing, right? They were willing to they were willing to go and pay for Bauer possibly, right? They were in on Bauer. They made him a legit offer, right? They're not afraid to spend some money this offseason. I think we can kind of agree on that, right? They were quote unquote in for um hand, right? They were quote unquote in for Rosenthal. But guess what? They were willing to give these guys cash. But maybe it's one of those things where management said, are you okay being the setup guy or maybe not always a calm closer? And I kind of think that the Mets wanted to re, uh, you know, make another splash after not getting Bauer. So Rosenthal would have been, I think, that kind of sign. But I think that um, this is, again, me, you know, just thinking this is me, you know, prospecting that management is, you know, ready to put the total faith in him and that those guys maybe kind of had the sense that they weren't going to be the guys. So that's why I didn't sign with the Mets. Rob talking Mets, and it just creates so much sexy music. I love it. I love it. Torres, wow. what about that's you? Dangerous song to put on, Mendy. <laughs> yeah. With all these fine-looking dudes here, that's, that's dangerous. <laughs> Torres, what are your thoughts? Which closer are you looking at? So I'm going fishing. Um, and I'm not going for Tim Salmon. I'm not going for Mike Trout. I'm not going for Chris Haddock. And yes, I know his name is Paddock, but just roll with me here. <laughs> I like it. I'm going for Anthony Bass. Um, not sexy. And, you know, no one, uh, he, he's not going super high in drafts, but he is the guy in Miami. Um, I, I think every report that's come out recently, I saw a report from Craig Mish the other day that basically confirmed he is going to start the year as the closer. Um, last year, you know, we didn't really have high expectations for the Marlins. Uh, Brandon Kinsler was their closer heading into last year. I wanted nothing to do with him. I figure the team is going to be terrible. Guy doesn't strike anybody out. He's probably going to lose the job. Um, but he actually ended up being pretty valuable over the course of the year. Uh, and the Marlins weren't as bad as we thought. They were a playoff team uh, against all expectations. So I think they're going to be better this year. Uh, the pitching is, you know, they have some good young pitchers. The lineup is improved. 
they're going to win some games. Um, so I think Bass has a lot of value given where he's currently going in drafts. Uh, he's basically their Brandon Kinsler, but I think a little better version. Uh, they gave him a two-year deal. Uh, so so he's going to be the guy. He's not going to strike a lot of people out. I get that. Uh, but he is a high ground ball guy in that cavernous ballpark, in the cavernous home ballpark that Miami plays in. I think that's going to fit really well. Uh, I think he's going to be the closer the entire year. Uh, so, again, if, if you can get him, I, I think he's going and probably it's going to move up pretty quickly here. But you can probably get him after 300 right now. Um, I think he's he's a, a perfect late round target. I'm a guy who just does not love paying for saves. Uh, I, I get the landscape this year. You might be forced to, to do something just given the uncertainty. But uh, he is he's one of my primary targets. I got him the other day. I was doing an NFBC uh, best ball double up. These are a hundred dollar league, so I would assume these are fairly sharp players. I got him in the forty eighth round. Which wow. just is crazy. I mean, shame on me for even letting him fall that far. Uh, but I, I think that's just an absolute steal. Yeah, he's going around pick 366 right now, according to NFBC, as of February 1st. And like you said, I mean, you look around that range and there's not a lot of saves, consistent saves that you're expecting to get in this range. So I think that's a great call. I, I Are you worried? Because he's shown that he hasn't had a consistent job for a long period of time, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't have great strikeout numbers. Or is that any concerning for you in any way? No, I mean he has the most saves out of anybody in that Marlins bullpen. I know people are, you know, initially were projecting Yimi Garcia to be the guy, but uh, he doesn't have any closer experience. I think maybe he has one or two saves, but uh, Bass had five saves in 2019, seven for the Blue Jays last year. Uh, so, you know, managers love that, you know, they just, they, they want a guy who's done it before. Right. Uh, and even though it's not a lot of experience, he is the only one in that bullpen who really has that. Uh, like you said, the strikeout numbers are, are not great, but I'll take a 60% ground ball rate. And I I think that's what the Marlins, as they showed you last year, that's kind of what they're looking for in their closer. Someone who's going to keep the ball in the yard. I like it. Cheesecake. You got to follow that up. Who are you picking? I'm going to go with my hometown team. I'm going to go with Craig Kimbrell right now going uh, around. Uh, I had him at 178. That's all drafts on, on NFBC. He's the 178th player going off the board. I think one thing you have to realize with Kimbrell is that they have this big contract on him and they're going to give him the job. Now you look at his statistics from last season and you might say, yeah, but he stunk last year. You look, he had a 41% K rate, but he walked 17%. He had uh, a 7.04 walks per nine, and uh, his ERA was 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 pretty horrible. Let me pull that up. What is that? It was uh, f- 5.28. Wow. Woof. But it, if you break it down, if you look at the game log, he didn't walk anyone in eight of his last nine uh, appearances, and he didn't give up an earned run in 13 of his last 14 appearances. So a lot like uh, Rob was saying about Diaz, if you if you uh, if you take the sample either on the whole or you you take your first impression from last season Kimbrel looks like a guy who's lost it but he he came back last year and he and he came back and did well as the 178th uh player off the board he's going behind you know some other closers who uh who don't who I don't think have the uh the pedigree of him or or have uh 
have the job as 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 sealed up as he does, I think they're going to want to showcase him in case they want to trade him. He has a vesting option after this season for next year, so they're going to want to have him close games and perhaps trade him uh, at the at the at the deadline because the Cubs are, you know. Cubs are, are are tanking this season. They're 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 not really competing, but uh, I think he's a guy who's going to be giving you saves. He's going to be giving you good strikeout numbers, and he's going to be giving you pretty good ratios as well. So I'm going to be going after Kimbrel in my drafts. It's interesting. I was going to bring up that if you thought they were going to showcase him for to trade, because obviously with that contract, I think they want to do everything they can to get away from that. And by having him installed as the closer, accumulating saves, looking like he has value for a contending team, I think that's spot on. I'm a little curious, though. Are you concerned that there's any other options if you were to struggle? Is, are you a Rowan Wick believer? What, what are your thoughts for that? I mean, I think there are. Wick is, I, I like Wick, and Wick even suffered from some pretty bad Babbitt luck and still was pretty successful last season. But I think that, uh, I think that, you know, it's Kimbrell's job. So unless Kimbrell stinks, and I don't think he's going to. I think it's his job to keep, and I think he's going to hold it. Until Dwayne they, Underwood Jr., baby. I love Dwayne Underwood. He's got it. Oh, Mark man. it down. Deep sleeper. I like it. Oh, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, and you can't talk about Kimberly when you're wearing a Cubs hat. I smell, uh, I smell Homer. I smell that you're a little high above him because you're just in love with anything Cubs. Kimbrell, two seasons ago, there was talk that he might be the best or second best closer of all time. To think that mm-hmm. he is now just a, a piece of trash, I, I, you know, I, I don't think he's lost it completely. And last season, the last 13, 14 appearances showed that he hadn't lost it completely. So he, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty Mark, good. There's, so. there's a quote. Life comes at you quick. <laughs> there you fair, go. Ferris Bueller's day off. Yeah, it, the full thing. If you don't stop around and look for or whatever it goes. If but, you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. Say it with me. Homer! All right. Doc, go ahead. What is, who's your pick in for this? So for me, I like Alex Coloma, man. this is a guy that I've liked for a while. I, t- I hyped him up last year. Now, I know he's with a new team with the Twins. He's staying in the division. He's still going to get save opportunities. The Twins went 36 and 24 last year. And in 21 of those wins, they had save opportunities. So plenty to go around. In 2020, he went 2 0 with a 0.81 ERA, a 0.94 whip, and allowed zero home runs in 22.1 innings. He's only 32 years old. I know it seems like he's been around for a while, but he's never had an ERA over four in his career. He's had a pretty high ground ball rate. I know he's not going to strike out a lot of batters, but he's somebody that's done it before. He's not going to be that sexy name, but as Bubba says, he's a steady Eddie. <laughs> the, old, the old steady Eddie does say that a lot. I love it. Yep. Yeah, right, can no, we I, just segue I, into my guy? Into, you know, that's into I was going to say. I, I'm <laughs> going to say you're, 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 you're putting up the platter for Torres to eat up and yeah. talk about what we can go to next. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready, baby. We're going to have some debate here. And that's the relief pitcher. You are way lower on the consensus. And in other cases here, lower than Doc on. So Torres, take it away. Why are, do you hate Alex Colome? Uh, well, you had asked me off air if it's because he took my girl. And and that's, no, that's, that's <laughs> not the answer. Uh, but, I, you know, the thing is, he... Is going at a, a place in drafts. I was just in a, a draft where he went uh, like around 180. Um, I'd rather have Anthony Bass like 100, at least 100 picks later. 
pretty much a, a similar profile. Two guys that won't strike anybody out. Um, you know, they're going to keep the ball in the yard. But Alex Colomay, I mean, if you look at his underlying numbers, I get it. He's kind of he's that proven closer. He has that reputation. He finds a way to get the job done. But I, I worry that at some point, like it's just going to fall apart. His ERA, ERA estimators do not look pretty. I know he had a .81 ERA last year. I'm not really putting too much stock into that. If you look at his his XFIP last year was four two six. You know there was there was a lot of luck there in a very small sample. His BABIP was uh, two hundred. Uh, so you know I'm not I'm not buying in at his current price. The other thing is that he's not getting all the saves. I mean he's going to split with Taylor Rogers. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be like a 70-30, maybe less, but it would be in favor of Colome. But still, I don't want a part-time closer who's not going to get me strikeouts, who I think is going to regress and and show worse skills. I'm not taking him at that point in the draft. So that is why I hate Alex Colome. Hate's a strong word, man. (laughs) (laughs) Doc, is there anything... Doc, is there anything you would like to respond back or have you been defeated? No. I mean, some of the things that you said. Now, if you're talking about draft position, obviously, you know, getting Bass later, you can target other positions. But you're talking about the high ground ball rate, and that's the same argument for Bass. Somebody that has closing experience, why you like him closing in Miami, well, that's the same thing with Alex Colome. I think the argument of, well, he's going to, he can't do this forever. He's 32 years old. We see starting pitchers like Verlander and Max Scherzer that are in their later 30s that throw more innings that are still effective later in age. I'm not too worried about Taylor Rogers. I do think he's going to get some saves. I don't think that this is a Tampa Bay bullpen situation where it's a closer by committee. Taylor Rogers last year had a 4.05 ERA, a 1.5 whip. But I think when you're targeting closers, you're going to want opportunities. And the Twins play in a very weak AL Central with the Tigers, with the Indians who look like they're rebuilding, or with the Cleveland baseball team with the Royals, who seem to be a 500-ish team. So I'm looking for somebody that's going to be able to have the more save opportunities closing, as opposed to Miami, where you're going to have to play the Phillies, the Mets, the Nationals, the Braves. Those are going to be some really good hitting offenses. You want to fight about it, Doc? I do, man. Let's oh, try. Wait, wait. I, I, I did. I did some push-ups to get ready for the show, so I'm, I'm ready. Right, right. I'm ready. Hey, I, watched, I was I watching. Some... <laughs> I, I was I, watching I watched... Mendy's squatting videos. You know, I, I, I had to get in the shape I, okay. of the show. Right. I was watching some Rugnet Odor highlights. What's up? Yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> I got up? the beard like Bautista right here. Oh, oh man, let's do it, man. Let's this is, this is great. This is great. I love the difference. Um, all right, everybody's not going to agree. I just so want to. I, I just want to respond to what you were saying about Colome. So I wasn't saying necessarily his age. I, you know, I know he he's 32. So I'm not saying that you know he is all of a sudden going to fall off a cliff. I'm saying I think it's he's kind of uh, he's been lucky. Let's put it that way for the past couple of years. Again, his exfit the past couple of years. Uh, 461 in 2019, 426 in 2020, obviously much higher than his ERA. What I'm saying is I don't know how much longer that can last. Uh, so, yeah, not concerned about his age. Uh, you know, and again, I think I could get a similar profile later. It, it's all about the draft costs. If he was going later, I'd say fine. You know, he's, he's going to get the majority of the saves there. But I think there's too many players that I personally I'm interested in at the point where he's going. That's fair. That's fair. I, the one thing I would say is 
Taylor Rogers, since he was a candidate for closing, he's had 67% of the save chances with guys, um, you know, like Tyler Duffy, Trevor May, um, Sergio Romo. So he's had competition in the pen before. Right. And he's, he's, he's been leaned on more than who I think were better pitchers. So um, I still think Colin may get the opportunity. Um, I hear you with the skill. It's, I, I think it's still going to be, you know, um, I know the righty probably gets it more and that's the play, but I still think that Rogers might end up with, you know, maybe 10% more like a 60, 40 his way. But um, so I think the opportunity for, for, for Colin to get them there might be a little, you know, but he's still got, I think some decent skill left in him. Um, but it's interesting, you know, who, who knows how they're going to play that out. People forget Rocco Baldelli is from the Rays system, so right. he likes to mix and match a lot of guys. Is not a one guy closes all, like you said, Rob. I think it's going to be Colome uh, getting a lot of the saves, but Rogers is going to be his bat or his Robin to his Batman. He's going to mix in some there, so they have to keep that in mind. Rob, I want to stay with you, and I want you to pick a guy that you are trying to stay away from as much as you can. Who's that guy? Um, the guy, and it's just um, you know, a lot of ADP. Um, it is too rich for me. He's like in the 70 range right now is James Karinchak. It's, it's, it's mostly driven by um, ADP and team contact. So he's one of those are eligible guys. And you know, we all know that the Cleveland baseball team is cheap. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think that tells like, that's the most important tell of the story for me um, is because I don't see them, you know, giving him full opportunity to be the closer to drive up his price. But then, you know, we got to remember too, this guy's had 32 career innings pitch in the majors, right? Um, his walk percentage in the minors, 50, and this is each year consecutively 15%, 16%, 24.5%, 18%, 16 16.7%. In the majors, it's been 14% in those 32 innings. Um, he's got a ton of swing and miss. I know it's there. Um, Extreme fly ball pitcher, too, with a, a, a crazy low home run to fly ball. So, and another baseball forecaster um, in Baseball HQ, his um, expected home run per fly ball shows that he might not be so lucky coming down the road. Um, from August 29th on last year, 10 innings pitched, 10 walked, 49 batters faced, 6.1 ERA, three blown saves, and a 20% walk rate. In the playoffs against the Yankees, he comes in. He throws 15 pitches, four were strikes, gave up one run, one hit, one earned, two walks, one jack, pass. So, Rob, my question then, I heard this the other day. Do you think that they're going to also use him as the fireman, like the Josh Hader before Josh Hader became the closer, where he's going to come in in the uh, last out of the seventh and maybe pitch all of the eighth, going against the three, four best guys in the lineup? And that they're not going to focus on him as the the shutdown ninth inning guy. That they want him in that you're our weapon at the end of the game, but not our closer. Is that something you think is a real thing? I think it's a real thing, and I think it's a like, but but I think it's dangerous in that being the real thing because of the walk rate and because of that extreme high fly ball rate that might, um, you know, not by might, might not be so lucky going forth. And um, and I'm just big on the on the money thing, like. It, the whole team contact, the cheap team that could have just, you know, resigned, you know, to the move they made. Um, I don't see them letting Kerenchak drive his value up for arbitration. So, um, and I think that they have 
like some good options available. I think Wickrand's a good option. I think Phil Maton is a great option in the pen. Um, so yeah, that's what it's just too high. The ADP is too high. Like Torres mentioned before, I'm not an early save guy. Um, I just took uh, a closer. I took Hendrick 51st overall in this DC. I just entered, and you know, I don't know how to feel. Like I have a like, it's it's an odd feeling because I don't pitch. Um, I, I don't pick closer that early. Um, I wanted to double tap him and Diaz back to back, and um, that didn't happen. I got sniped on that. So it was just a plan I had going in to try the two closer out early. Um, didn't come through, but, um, you know, uh, I, I think it's important to try different things. I think there's a little market inefficiency right now for closers at the top. And then at the bottom, like everything in the middle is kind of cock out of me. But, um, I think the guys who are locks, um, especially Presley, who just became one without Rose with Rosenthal out of the picture. Um, I think those like six locks, um, up top are, are, are extremely valuable right now. Yeah, and then Rob gives good information. He also snipes people. Fish. <laughs> uh, Listen, no, I agree. This is my thing with sniping. First of all, I'm a, this is the pro tip. Fish. There's no sniping when you've had the opportunity to take somebody. Oh, the first I love it. That's, that's it. Great. Smarten up. I love it. I love it. Doc, go ahead and why don't you hop in here? Who's someone you're really low on? Yeah, and I have been low on this guy for a while, and I have a laundry list of reasons why I'm fading Kenley Jansen. Last year, he had the highest whip of his career, 1.15. I know not astronomical, but when I see still the highest of his career, that jumps out to me a little bit. Last year was the second highest ERA, which was 3.33. His previous high was 3.71 the year before. He carried over to the postseason. He had a 5.14 ERA. He actually now has the most blown saves in World Series history with four. He's had declining number of saves his last four full seasons from 47 to 41 to 38 to 33. There have been troubles for a while. There was a 2019 article by Michael Duarte of NBC Los Angeles saying that they don't know what his role was going to be. Obviously, he's maintained it for a year plus, but he hasn't had that security. He's going to be 33 when the season starts. He has a history of heart issues. You never know when that will pop up again. They have pitchers like Corey Knable. Blake Trinan, Joe Kelly, Bruce Dog Gratterall uh, as potential closer options. And we talk about how they have a stacked rotation. Who says they don't have someone like Dustin May maybe pitch the eighth and ninth? So there's just too many cooks in the kitchen for me to feel comfortable taking him as that top six, seven closer where he's ranked. And you didn't even mention Blake Trinan's there too. I did. That's how I know you weren't paying attention. Oh, Do you caught me. You caught me. Good. Yeah. Do we I, break the news? Should we break the news? The breaking news two hours ago, Dave Roberts, that he expect Kenley Jackson to be the opening day closer for the Dodgers. That's the opening day closer. We're talking full <laughs> season. We're talking full yeah. season here, baby. I, I, isn't his uh, velocity's been diminished too, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. It's been going down the past three years. No, you, you're harsh. You brought in the heart condition. That's, that's wow. No, but, it, but, but, uh, no, but it's true. true. <laughs> It, it's true. No, like, I know, buddy. I'm just saying. I, I don't, I don't, I, I obviously hope it doesn't happen. You know, we, we hope everyone <laughs> stays healthy, but you see the effects of COVID for someone like Eduardo Rodriguez and somebody that has conditions like him. You have to wonder over a full season if maybe they rest him, maybe if he's at increased risk to potentially catch it. All right. Yeah. So uh, 
just to wrap this up, I feel like Kenley Jansen is like the Tom Brady of baseball because it's like, what no. is the, when is the Wait. cliff coming? No, just no, in what? terms of this. Nobody's the Tom of, Brady of anything, dude. Well, it's like when the when is the cliff coming? Like you hear it's like, oh, what is Tom Brady falling off the cliff? Kenley Jansen, everybody thinks the cliff is coming and he all keeps right, getting all right. saves. I'm planting my flag. This is the year Kenley Jansen falls off the cliff. Okay. Is it Cheesecakes doesn't agree. Wasn't like what, what's the cliff though? So like, hold on. So let's say he, let's say he's um okay. three eighty RA, but he still gets you twenty two saves. Okay. And my, in a my, in a league where where like you may only get thirteen, fourteen guys to get over twenty, is that is that is that a failure if you lose the okay. job? Okay. Okay. So my my failure or my definition of falling off the cliff is he'll have either the highest ERA or WHIP of his career. And by the end of the season, he will not be the go-to guy for saves, assuming he's healthy. That's a weird okay. criteria. But I mean, I don't really know how else you can say it. <laughs> you got some weird filters, son. Yeah, <laughs> really do. I mean, I agree with you in the sense you could be like, he's off the cliff if he loses the job. I, that The part about the highest area of his career, I think, is kind of a, is a little bit. Like if it's four, but he's still... Gets thirty That's saves, right? Yeah, or, or, right, or even right. twenty, like even twenty in a world where not a lot of closers get twenty. If he goes four ERA and twenty, and he loses the, even if he loses the job, that's still valuable right now in this landscape for saves. All right, well, it's going to be funny to see how people will interpret it, but I guess we'll kind of see how it plays out. Cheesecake, it's been a while since we've talked to you, so I'd like to know how are you doing, <laughs> and which relief pitcher are you uh, not going to draft? I'm doing. I'm doing quite well. I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm not going to as high of a pitcher that I'm fading as these guys. I'm going with Drew Pomeranz, who mm-hmm. I think is going uh, on all drafts. NSBC is to the 220th pick right now. They they just signed Mark Melanson uh, last week. They just signed Keone Kella. They have Emilio Pagan is still still on their uh, on their roster. Uh, I just don't think Pomeranz is necessarily the closer. Last season, uh, Pomeranz was the third closer that they went to, uh, and then uh, they brought they they had Rosenthal as well after that. So I, I don't necessarily think Pomeranz is is going to be the closer. He's being drafted as the closer though, but I think you know a guy like Melanson, he's been the closer everywhere he's gone. Yeah, his his strikeouts went down last year. Yeah, his performance was not as uh, as strong as it had been, but he still saved saved a high percentage of his games and. I don't. I think they probably signed him to compete for the closing job or have the closing job. I think, uh, and he's going right now um, six rounds after Drew Pomeranz. I think you're better off waiting to get Melanson than than paying a price at two twenty for Drew Pomeranz, a guy who will probably who might only be a setup man. That's fair. So you're not worried at all about a closer by committee with the Padres in any way, shape, or form. I, I mean. If you go off of Tingler last season, he had one guy at a time. Uh, granted, they had four guys eventually throughout the season, but he had one guy at a time each time. He wasn't a closer by committee type of manager last season. So I think that that is, that is his comfort level. But they have a lot of guys who can save games. I, I think they have a lot of guys who might take the, the role. And I'm not convinced it's Pomeranz and everyone's drafting it like it, like it is Pomeranz. He's great, but yeah. Go ahead, Rob. Can I play them advocate just for a quick second? All right. So sure. I love I love that bullpen too, right? And and I was thinking that wherever Melanson went, he was gonna I thought he was going back to Atlanta to fully close, but I thought wherever he went, he was gonna have a good opportunity to. Um 
there's some chicks in the dawn, but still Hagan, um, you know, Austin Adams, Pierce Johnson, they have a stacked bullpen. And I totally get the the thing that he may not get um all the saves, but like Nick Anderson doesn't get all the saves either. He's going hundred picks high. What if Pomerantz gives you 90 innings? What if he returned to he has pitch 170, 170, 104, um, 80? So what if he gives you 90, right? Almost like uh probably 20 maybe 10, 20 less innings than a Dustin May Gonsolin going ahead of him. And, and and he chips in eight to 10 saves. That's pretty valuable, right? That's super valuable. He hasn't been that type of relief pitcher though, right. since he's taken, taken that position. He's been, it was third, 30 innings in 2019 and last season. I don't, I mean, it was a short season, so hard to say, but he hasn't been a multi-inning relief pitcher since he's moved to the pen. But he started 18 games in 2019. Yeah, I'm saying he still has that ability to maybe get stretched out. To, yeah. I, I know he hadn't done it for the Padres, but given their injury history too right now with maybe mm-hmm. a Met and the guys are signing you, it just looks like they're just retooling, you know, like going to flow and guy. I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's going to be that guy, but I'm, um, it could be possible. Like, he, he, he has that opportunity to, you know, get back into that high range if they want to make him that guy, you know. And if that, with, with that nearly 40% K rate, that would be – you know, a top 10 relief pitcher. Right. Easy. Right. right. Wow. There's been so many debates on this show. I love it. This is a, it's usually a say your guy and move on, but no, this is, this is good. I, I knew when I brought these two on, this was the team for the job to get these two out of their shells and debate. So this is, no, this this is great. We, we need, I, we need more of this. Like sometimes you listen to podcasts and everybody just agrees with each other. Like I, <laughs> I don't want any like fake debate. I don't want this to be, you know, I don't want to listen to first take, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> right. when I'm listening to a podcast, but I also like a little back and forth. Uh, right. So, yeah, I think this is, uh, this is good. Yeah. No, bo- just, no, bo- yeah. no bobblehead answers where everybody you know? goes like this. <laughs> yeah. I think that like, this is the stuff that goes on in my brain, you know, silently. So when I have the opportunity to ask people, you know, I, I take advantage of it. You know, because I, I want to know because you guys know what you're talking about as well. So um, I'm always just willing to play that devil's advocate, even if I don't believe it. I just want to hear, you know, like maybe if the things I'm thinking in my head are right or maybe I'm way off base, too. So that's how you get better. Exactly. Yeah. Let's dive into the last one that we're going to talk about tonight. And that's the eighth inning guy that you think is going to be the closer of that team by season's end. And I know the easy answer is Devin Williams. So hopefully no one said Devin Williams just to make this a little more fun. I hope but, not uh, as I drafted Hater. Why Devin what? Williams? Off of 27 innings? We just he's a stud already? What did he do I, in 2019? Does anyone what? know his 2019 stopped off the top of the head? Was he? I no. thought he was a rookie last year. No, he pitched in 2019. Okay. I might have missed that. Um well let's well I'll I'll look that up. Let's start look with Tor let's start with Torres. Torres Who's the eighth inning guy that you feel is going to be the closer? All right. So I'm going with another non-sexy option. Um, <laughs> and I just want to clarify, going back to Anthony Bass, just want to clarify. <laughs> I can't Vince, get away from Bass. I can't. I, I love him. <laughs> but I just want this is not I, I know I said that he was going after. Yeah, it's really sick. <laughs> um, I know I said he was going to have to pick 300 since uh, – uh, since February 4th in, in NFBC draft champions, he is moving up quite a bit. Uh, so he's going to average pick of 288, min pick of 221. So uh, I got to get all my Anthony Bass shares now. I, I'm going to have to jump into every DC possible in the next week <laughs> to make sure I get as much. Because I'm going to get priced out, it looks like. 
Because, um, yeah, if he's going in, like, around 200, I'm not nearly as enthusiastic. But anyway, guy, going man. back. Yeah, that's I'm planting my flag. But going back to a non-sexy option, um, I'm going with Stefan Crichton. That's, mm-hmm. I believe that's how you say his name. Um, so I know a lot of people were counting on him to be the guy in Arizona heading into the year. And they went out and signed Joaquim Soria a couple weeks ago. Uh, so that was obviously very depressing for anybody who invested in Crichton thinking that he was going to get the job. I know that he, he finished the year with the job. Uh, I was thinking they were just going to let him, you know, put him in the role and see what happened. Uh, but obviously though, Terry Lavolo hasn't said that Suri is the closer. Um, he's a veteran guy. He's the proven closer. He's got the intestinal fortitude, you know, like these, these managers, they love their proven guys. Right. Uh, so I, I really, I would be very surprised if Suri is not, uh, doesn't at least start the year as the closer, but what I was really looking for when trying to answer this question, I wanted to find a situation where the team was bad, uh, because that probably meant that they're going to ship off, you know, try to trade pieces at the deadline. Uh, and I also wanted to find a situation where the guy in the, the lead role wasn't really that solid. So, uh, and I think that's the case with the Arizona bullpen. Soria is going to be 37 this year. Uh, the skills kind of fell off last year. Again, you know, I, I don't even want to say the the two S were, you know, small, small sample size. Cause it's just, <laughs> uh, you hear it like everywhere. Uh, I guess that's three S's, but, uh, you know, I, yeah. Um, but the skills kind of fell off last year. The walk rate went up. Um, I think the end is probably near for him. So I think there's a chance that he just doesn't perform well and he eventually loses the job. Uh, if he does well and keeps the job, I'm assuming that Arizona, I don't think they're going to be competitive, not in that division with the Dodgers and the Padres. They're probably going to ship him off at the deadline. And I think all of you who invested in Stefan Crichton at the beginning of the offseason, I think you might be rewarded and get some saves at the end of the year. Uh, he's not a great pitcher. Uh, but he, again, he had the job last year and, you know, again, in this landscape, you're just looking for a body, anybody to get you saves. Uh, and I think he, he might provide that at some point. Rob, I feel like he's the type of guy like last year that you would have drafted in, in your, uh, draft champions win that someone that gets an eighth inning, (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and, uh, bounce back. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to play the devil's advocate on the small sample size one more time i know i'm hammering this home but this is just interesting for context right so i do agree with you Toria, that toria is, is there's 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 some cracks in the armor there he, he's he's not um that that's those shiny surface stats aren't as nice underneath the hood um and i'm sorry if that sounded naughty but um it, 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 that way. But, so 2020 well, right put so, the music back on boom yeah do it I'll, I'll do it in, i'll do it my own i got it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You can talk oh, about yeah. Kristen now. <laughs> talk about walking Soria's demise, baby. So here's the thing with Kristen, though, right? So, um, 2020, right? He throws 26 innings of 2.4 ERA. Great. Um, Ginkle, who uh, threw 16 innings at a 6.75 ERA. 16 innings ago, though, right? 16 innings ago in 2019, Ginkle was the guy. With a better ERA, with a better strikeout per nine, with the better walks per nine, with the more saves, with the more saves opportunity. 
You know, it, it, it just, he had 16 bad innings and you already took Noid Crichton as the guy over him. I just, I don't know where that, I know, you know, last year was better, but Ginkle was the guy two years ago that was getting all the hype and all the love. And, you know, um, I don't know. It's just hard when it changes in 16 innings. You're like, you know, is it just going to, is it a definite? Is Crichton definite? I didn't even think he was the clear cut guy before Soria signed because I still believed in Ginkle getting a chance at least to compete with him. Yeah. And yeah. I heard so of- it's not so much, uh, I just want to say, like, it's not so much about that I think Crichton off of his 2.42 ERA in 26 innings. Like, I'm, I'm that encouraged by that. Uh, I don't think he's a great pitcher, but the fact that he had the role. Um, I thought gave him a leg up. We'll see during the year. I mean, maybe he yeah. shows his true colors. He shits the bed and he's relegated to like, you know, fifth and sixth inning role. Um, so I'm not necessarily advocating like I, I love the guy, but I think assuming he, you know, pitches fairly well, he could be the next guy up if Soria is dealt. And I'm not saying that Soria is, is done. But if he pitches well, he's going. The The Diamondbacks are not going to hang on to him for the full year. So someone's going to get that role. It could be uh, DePlantier. I've heard he's been talked about moving to the back of the bullpen. This is a, this is a name just to just throw it out there and see if it sticks yeah, or throw it to just, the wall. You really just wanted to say that and, and, I, I and, did. and, and show off your pronunciation. I know, first. David. I, I'm surprised you didn't do like a little gorgeous <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. Well, I, was, I feel like when you say DePlantier, you have to put your pinky up because it's proper. He's that it's like, it sounds fancy Uh, right? right. to get back to the Devin Williams thing really quick. And then I want to go to you, Rob, to hear your guy. He was in 2019, did play with the Brewers for 13 innings, 13.2 innings, had a nine K per nine, which jumped to this year, obviously to seven over 17 and his ERA and all the kind of basic baseline metrics, three, nine, five ERA. He allowed uh, two home runs. In the 13 innings, obviously he around allowed one in the 27 innings this year. Uh, but if you look in the minors, his K per nine in 2019 before he got called up was almost 13 and almost 15 between double A and triple A. So it seems like he does have a really good bat missing ability at multiple levels. So it looks like maybe if it won't be 17, it's something that's going to stick. Right. And uh, he, he does look like, I mean, I could be wrong, but all signs point to something were to happen to Hater that he would be the guy to step in. At least there's not anybody in, in the Brewers bullpen. I feel like that's done more in what he's done so far than Devin Williams. I just think we have to be open to the fact that 27 innings is just such a it's such a low. Don't say it. Don't say it. No sample because it's not sample size. You don't need the size after you Thank say sample. You. <laughs> you don't need the size. <laughs> Rob, let's stay with you. Yeah. Pick- Pick on a guy that you want to elevate up here. Oh, this guy, this guy is boring and he's actually terrible. And I'm fully waiting for you guys to roast the hell out of this pick. But um, this is Kendall Graveman on the Mariners. Um, and this is strictly to um, like right now a, a great dart play for a draft and hold in your 45, 46 round range when you want to take a shot at some closing, um, so, some saves. Um, Again, I'm going to go back to the team context thing. Montero's, you know, he still has an ARB eligible year. Graveman was just signed. Um, he was always a starter. Um, then he got moved into the pen to the last month of the year, and things kind of started changing to him. And when he signed his deal um, off season, he signed it really early. And the coaches, were, I read some articles and from the locals. Um, Mariners area and they they were really big or the coaches were really big on how he expressed the willingness to go to the pen and he felt like 
Um, they felt like they identified something that would make them a really effective pitcher out of the pen. Um, so again, another team context thing was, you know, the six man rotation, right? So I just think that with that will lead to more bullpen innings available. Um, and I think he, I think he had that ability even to get more than one inning saved. I'm not really sold on Montero too. That's a whole nother thing. But getting back to Grademan, his four seamer while he was a starter was sitting at 93. He went up to 96, 97 when he was a lever. Again, short, a short sample size too, like nine, 10 innings. But when you see that velo jump, kind of makes you, you know, a little excited. Sinker went from 93 miles an hour to 96. Um, he's never been like that, you know, big swing and miss. Um, kind of guy, but he gets a ton of call strike, like almost like a um, a column A profile, um, if you will. Like they're not the lights out closer material, but the ability to get through an inning efficiently. Um, and I think as he starts to learn to be a better reliever, um, his walk percentage, his ball percentage, which all been kind of a high in his his uh, life as a starter, will kind of come down. And I think that um, I don't know. He just has that um, that 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 change in pitch mix and velo where it kind of jumps at you. Plus the team context. Again, this is not a sexy pick. He's not really, he's never really been a great pitcher, but um, I think the willingness to go to the pen plus the skills he showed in the pen in a short span, um, I think he, I think he's worth a shot. Would you say that your fate might be grave if you took him? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> how how much did Kendall Graveman pay you to talk him up? I'm just curious. Sixty two cents. <laughs> but I, uh, Rob, I'm just because I I, I assume since they traded for Montero that 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 was they traded for him to be the closer, and that it was his job until he lost it. Right. It, it could be. I mean, and he you know it, it should be, but um, I don't see lights out you know, lockdown, I'm going to keep the closer material in Montero either. Um, I just think that, you know, the closer landscape is so, you know, dread, especially when you go down to the bottom of the pool. And like, I, I don't think Montero has given you the history to say this, this is the guy, you know, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just it, want it just to mention two other. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just want to no, mention two other pictures and uh, give a shout out actually to, Someone who I think is doing really good work at SP Streamer. His name is uh, Victor Acantola. Uh, right. He had put out a uh, really good article that uh, about relievers who could become closers, and he had mentioned in there for Seattle uh, two young guys who I didn't even know who they were. Well, I had heard of Munoz, uh, but right. Sam Delaplane uh, was another one that he had mentioned in there as as someone who kind of had like that that closer stuff. And I was looking at his numbers and. Uh, you know, he, he looks, he started, he was in double A in 2019, uh, nasty strikeout stuff, uh, 14, you know, 14 K per nine. Uh, so he's a guy to keep an eye on. I don't know. ATC is projecting him for 10 innings. So I don't know how realistic he is. It is that he'll get to the majors this year, but him and Munoz coming off of, uh, Tommy John surgery, two guys to, to, um, you know, keep on, on your radar. Dave, Dave's licking his lips for the chance to say another crazy name with the Garner. <laughs> like, did you say Duplain? Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe they're brothers or something. I, I would love that too. <laughs> Both of them. Uh, but I'll let Cheesecake hop in here. Cheesecake, you can go ahead and give us an eighth inning guy that we should look at. Yeah, I, I was going through uh, all the closer uh, positions the last few days, and it, I, I honed in on about eight or nine 
closer situations where the eighth inning guy I thought had a pretty good shot of taking the role. Uh, Torres, I'm going to have to say that Yimi Garcia is the guy who I, I honed in on because let's go. I, oh no. <laughs> no. Rope it I, in. I, I realize that Miami Round doesn't two, give out baby. contracts to anybody. So giving Bass a contract is a decent sign that they want to use him. But I, I look at the K minus walk rate. Yimi's been over 20 the last two seasons. Granted, his XFIP has was was pretty poor in, in Los Angeles in 2019. In the small sample of 2020, it was under two. But like you said, small sample, 20-some innings or what have you. But I think the uh, that Bass, you know, he's had the role for parts of the last two seasons in Seattle and Toronto. But I, I don't think he has, uh, like Rob said about Montero, I don't think he he's that death grip type of guy. I think he'll, he might start the season with the role. But, um, you know, he's a 20% K guy, uh, 10% walk guy. I, I, I think that, if you want a guy who who really brings the strikeouts, who really has that dominant stuff, Yimi is the guy who I think will 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 be there at the end of the season as the closer. He's the guy who I think I'm specking on, and he's going 200 picks later than uh, than Bass. Now that you say he's about going 200 for Bass now, yeah, I can. I'll tell you the exact one. Uh, so I'm curious then. Do you think he'll finish with more saves than Bass, even if he comes in later on to be the closer? Uh, I I don't know about that. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Bass has not ever put up 10 saves in a season. I think he had seven and, and nine the last two seasons or nine and seven, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, so, I mean, obviously you don't have to be a great strikeout pitcher. Uh, Doug Jones was a horrible strikeout pitcher for years and was a, was a really good closer. Um, so you don't have to be a great strikeout pitcher uh, to, to be the closer, but it seems the trend that you want a guy who can who can lay down the side in in, in a needed uh, situation, and Yimi's the guy on that on that squad who who can do that. He's going pick four hundred and thirty one, right ahead of my guy Dylan Cease. So I will take Cease between the two every single time, even if I need saves, I'll probably take Cease anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> never know. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean that's value. I mean he's going again really late, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Doc, I know it's been a while since we've talked. I kind of forgot what you sound like. So why don't you tell us the eighth inning guy that you like? Hi, David. This is when I sound like, okay, I know you like it there when I do this voice. Go um, ahead and say the whole thing like that. My my so guy just don't. My guy is a new face or say new face, say what, what's a new face, new, new place. Yeah, there you go. It's Adam Adovino. And I think we can all agree that. Matt Barnes is probably one of the closers with the least amount of job security. He has 15 career saves over seven seasons, so I don't think that he has that large sample size that we talk about. Large sample. (laughs) Right. His last two years, he has a 1.38 whip each of those years. Adovino had a bad 2020, but he only threw 18.1 innings, so small sample. But you look at 2018, he had a 2.43 ERA in Colorado. 2019, he had a 1.9 ERA in New York. Uh, Last year, the Red Sox had save opportunities in 62.5% of their Ws. So they played pretty close games. And this is also the first trade that the Red Sox and Yankees have done since 2014. It's very rare that these teams make moves like this. So I don't think the Red Sox would want to acquire somebody from the Yankees unless they see him in a prominent role. Yeah, and obviously we were talking – me and actually me and Chris Clegg were talking about it a little bit because I actually just took him in a draft we're in and we were both saying we both agreed that the Red Sox are probably going to audition him 
to trade that they're going to, the Red Sox are probably going to use him as much as they can as in the closer role so they can build up his trade value and trade him when he's a hot commodity. Yeah, I could easily see that. Yeah, I don't think Matt Barnes is going to be long for the closer's role, even if he does start. I wouldn't even be shocked if, if I'm being completely honest. I wouldn't be shocked if Adam Adovino is the closer day one, uh, just depending on how things play out. So wow. I think it's a great pick there. That I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but. Wow. I, I mean, think- I don't think it's hot. I know, I know Todd Zola is really high on Adam Adovino. Um, I, I, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, you can be named the guy, but someone smart in here earlier said it doesn't matter when you start, right? Big Doc, you talked about Kelly Jenkins. It doesn't matter if he's going to start <laughs> as the guy. Um, That's so I don't true. know. It's, um, it's interesting. It's, um, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, for some reason, I bet you Torres is still thinking about Anthony Bass. I'm devastated. I am. I can't believe you did that to me. <laughs> You've been thinking about him all night. But, yeah, but to be word. well, I, I was going to say you said duck. <laughs> to to be fair about the Matt Barnes situation, they had him in the rotation for closer a couple of years ago when Brandon Workman was there, and they always had seemed to have him as the uh, Workman as the eighth inning guy. Like they wanted Barnes to be the closer, and he just couldn't perform. Cora also showed a lot of ten, a lot of preference for Ryan Brazier, and he's still there. So that's a good point. And and I would keep an eye on that because Adovino's never close, right? I mean, when has right. been when is he's thirty five? How many saves does he have? You know, he's like nineteen. Yeah, all of a sudden he's just going to be like you know Dennis Eckersley. I don't think so. Well, like, so so don't get me wrong. I think he's better in the setup role. But I think given the lack of options and the and the circumstances of the trade, I think he's going to be in the closer role sooner rather than later, even if it's just to audition to build up his trade value. Right. Well, fellas, that was a great discussion. I want to keep the show rolling. I want to get to some of the fun parts of the show here. And let's start off with the question of the week. You guys hungry? Because I, I kind of am hungry when I hear that. Yes. <laughs> nice bowl of pasta or something. So awesome pizza. our question of the week, we are in the midst of transitioning to our new sponsor. So we'll make that announcement coming on Twitter very soon, but we are not sponsored by Rasiel Iglesias, who I believe will be the number one closer in fantasy baseball this year. That's my take and I'm sticking with it. Uh, I just, it's one of those things you wake up, you, you have a dream about it. You wake up and you're like, it felt so real. It has to be real. So right. Last time I did you. that, I thought George Springer was signing with the Yankees and it didn't pay off. Yeah, but you're not my <laughs> dreams. There you go. So the question of the week, which MLB manager, past or present, would you least want to get into fisticuffs with? So any manager of all time you can put in this category. You got to tell us why. And Torres, I want to start with you for this question. Who are you picking? Well, that was an easy one for me. The The good news, though, is that I don't have to worry about him fighting me because I know for a fact that he loves me. Uh, and I have proof of that. Uh, so if you <laughs> just want to wait a second here. We got to keep you got to tell us who. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. All right. I'm not going to waste your time. My uh, <laughs> my video is not connecting here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> my <laughs> that dude that dude is like you ain't messing with him uh me and my friend we would always joke about how he Ozzy Gian was like such a manly man you know like kind of making fun of him because he's got like that machismo he plays up that role so much um so he got me for my birthday he got me a cameo I don't know if you guys have you guys ever seen that app mm-hmm. 
yeah. um, where you pay for like a birthday message. Uh, and in the message, he told me he loved me. He said, Torres, I love you. Uh, so <laughs> that's why I know that he will, he will not fight me, but I do not want to get on his bad side because, uh, that dude looks like he could brawl. Oh yeah. And if you hear him on interviews, he still talks like he wants to brawl somebody. That was who yeah. I picked as well. I think he's, he's definitely one of the top ones out there. Rob, let's go to you next. Oh, hold on. Can we have Toro say machismo one more time? Cause it was That's saucy. saucy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Love that. Um, all right. This is an old school guy. We're going early 1900s, 132 ejections. These are some quotes I found from the Sabre article on this guy before I reveal his name. He eats gunpowder every morning for breakfast and washes it down with warm blood. Wow. Um, teammates said they sometimes made mental errors in big games because they were paralyzed at the thought of how the old man might react if they lost or made an error. This is John McGraw. Um, this is an, um, you know, a straight up Irish. Um, his dad fought in the Civil War. Um Heavy, you know, he got beat when he was 12 years old. He, this guy was a, he, he, you know, he lived that old life, that old hard life. Um, and I don't know if this sounds like the kind of guy that I am not messing with at any time of the day. Um, for sure. No, I think it's a good call. I, I have to look up some videos of him just to see if there's any tussles or anything that I'm missing or any uh, ejections that I would want to see. Well, yeah, but, I don't know what they have from like 1917, but he was 5'7", five, 5'7", seven, <laughs> five, seven, 180. And they said that he, um, he, you know, he actually, he was like, um, he was considered like one of the innovators for using pinch runners, pinch hitters and relief pitchers. Like he was the, like one of the first guys who got all those kind of um, aspects of, of playing in the game. And it was all because he had like um, uh, a tendency to um, like roster like less skilled teams because he wanted guys who fit his mold, like gritty players who fit his mold. And it was like he won a ton of pennants as a, a player and a coach, but they said he failed to win the big game too because he lacked that talent um, when he coached because he was so, um, you know, like he, he really cared about his guys, like his specific player. Um, so, and a lot of the things in the Sabre article said that like he was like the original like players coach, like the guy who would go to bat for their players more. Like he kind of like was like anti, like, you know, big, big owner type in that early stage of baseball. So um, he sounds like the type of guy that I don't want to, you know, mess with and that I want to play for, for sure. Love that. Doc, let's go to you next. Who are you picking? So I'm going Lou Pinella. But you got to go yes. early, Lupin. Yes, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the Cubs. Where at the end of his career, where it's like he's just doing it for show. I'm talking about Yankees, Reds, and Mariners, where he would get so animated. You can see the veins popping out in his neck and in his forehead. He's kicking. He's in the face. Point. I would maybe poop my pants if he did that to me. <laughs> Yeah, Lupinel is a great pull, actually. I didn't even think about him when I was doing the question. Uh, Cheesecake, what about you? I'm, I hope he didn't take yours because that would have been an easy no, one. No, Panella is a great call. I mean, Panella right. was strategic about his fighting, too. I mean, I remember he, he was not as animated as the Cubs manager, but he was strategic. When the Cubs were in a lull, he would go out and yell at, at an umpire. Because yeah. it got the it's got the team motivated. Um, and McGraw is 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 another great one. McGraw was a great leadoff hitter for the 
original Baltimore Orioles had over a 400 career OBP as a player as well. Um, I want to say uh, Earl Weaver guy nice. is about five, one or something like that. Yes. There is a fantastic YouTube video of Earl Weaver yelling at a, at an umpire and the umpire is trying to walk away and Weaver's running after him going, you're trying to F us. You're trying to F us. And uh, you know, a guy that small, even a guy that small, I wouldn't want to get into a scrap with him because he's probably much tougher than me. I, I, <laughs> Weaver's Weaver's my guy. So you guys got a treat because Cheesecake is the master of voices. So you got a little sneak preview of what he can do. He doesn't show it very often. He just saves it for his kids. But every once in a while, it comes out. So uh, no, that was a good call. I, I have to look him up more. Uh-oh. Yeah. Torres, I think you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Torres isn't on mute, but we still can't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't sure if he was. Yeah, uh, yeah we do yeah. now. All right. No, I was asking you guys, what is the best rant of all time? Mine is the Terry Collins in 2015. The, the Aston Attack Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That one, that one is fantastic. Love Terry for that. I, yeah, I think that's, mine is to move. What a move. The, the, the Braves double-A manager, wasn't that the one where he took all the bases off and basically yeah. like – you know, it's covered stuff over home plate and then started oh, yeah. like crawling through the infield. Didn't he get fired like a week after that? I think best, so. The best it, thing to happen to, like not the head coach, but with Zimmer getting tossed. I'm sorry. That's great. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it just opens up a, such a great subject when you think about all the great ejections and, and tirades and rants. Right. Right. I what would it. you do, Dave? Dave, what would you do on a temper tantrum as a coach? Like, what would you, would you rip a base out and fling it? Like, or, or would you throw a baseball over center field like Trevor Bauer? What would be your crazy move? Like, what would you do? Bo Jackson, the bat over your knee? <laughs> I would be probably scared I would hurt my knee. <laughs> so smart man, smart man. I would, I, you know what I would do? I would take the baseball bat and beat up the Gatorade jug. The, okay, that's a move. I like that one. Okay. That's, like the, that's like the one where you're like, they're mad. And yeah. it doesn't, it's not that hard to do. I can just take a bat and just whack it. And you can't get hurt. Like not yeah. punching the Gatorade thing. Cause smart guy. All yeah. Right, good answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love when they kick the dirt on home plate. Like I just find that that's, that's like a great silly. move. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah like I, I just always enjoy that. But no one does it anymore. I feel like the, the, the tirades and stuff is now kind of getting phased out of the game. You get, you, you yell at them and then you get ejected and then you turn around, you talk back, you say something else and you walk out. Yeah, like that's the it's Bo- like a- the Boone one was good. The Boone one, I was at that game. Uh, the one, um, oh, what my guys are savages. Say? My, my guys, guys are savages. savages. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That, that was awesome. Love that. Well, like the Ramon Laureano, right? When when the when the um when the uh the Astro guy was was jarring him up at first base and he ran mm-hmm. over into the into the dugout this year. That was that was awesome. Yeah, it yeah. was. Let's go to our last segment, though, because I got a, a fun one for you guys. I took off my soundboard, so it's time for the game of the week. Game of the week. And for our game, don't look on your screen. I know it's a tab on the bottom of the screen for those watching, but for those listening, you can't see it. What I have for you is we are going to play batting beats. And what you have to do is you're going to guess that batter by their walk-up music. So what I have for you, I got 10 songs. I have an 11th bonus one if we have a tiebreaker. Wow. I'm going to give you four multiple choice options after we hear the song. And then one by one, you guys will guess which person that is. 
Now okay. you're gonna have to keep track of your own score because one, I suck at math, and two, I'm not your mom. So, <laughs> uh, so make sure that you guys keep track of it as we go along here. Again, I have ten. If we have a tiebreaker, we'll go to a bonus eleventh question. Half of them is in this first video, and then it'll take me like ten seconds to transition to the second one. So, for the no record, cheating. David does suck at math. No cheating. Don't look on your screen. Just listen to the music. Are you guys ready to go? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Yep. All right, let's start off with our first guy. All right, so your choices are A, Ronald Acuna Jr., B, Ozzy Albies, C, Francisco Lindor, or D, Juan Soto. Torres, we are going to start with you first. Who do you think it is? Uh, I'll go with Lindor. Rob? Soto. Doc? I don't think that's Soto. Um, I'm going to Cunha. And Cheesecake? Well, I'll just say Albies because we'll each have guessed one. Well, Doc is on the board first. Nice, that is Doc. Ronald Acuna Jr. This is all from the 2020 walk-up music because I know they change them probably every year. So this is circa 2020. All right, let's go to our next one. Y'all ain't no one, right? No. Let's go. Oh. No masterpiece. Hey. Ten bad bitches in there. After- <laughs> How did that get in there? Uh, so your choices for the second one are either A, Anthony Santander, B, Mike Trout, C, Kyle Lewis, or D, Aaron Judge. And we're going to start with Rob this time. I'm going to go Santander. Doc. It wouldn't be Mike Trout. My, that's, that's too, that's too profanity laced. Uh, I'm going to go Kyle Lewis. Cheesecake. Santander. And Torres. It's not Trout. So I'll just say Aaron Judge. Torres on the board. Nice. That's right. Aaron Man. Judge. That is his 2020 walk-up music. Let's move on to number three. All right, your choices are A, Mookie Betts, B, Bryce Harper, C, Mike Yastrzemski, or D, Charlie Blackman. And we are going to start with Doc this time. I'm thinking of Chuck Nasty and the Ginger Mountain Boys, and that sounds like something they would sing. I'm going Charlie Blackman. Cheesecake. Uh, Charlie Blackman is probably like bluegrass or something with that beard. I'm going Yastrzemski. Torres. Going with Yaz. Yaz also. Doc was the only one to get that one. Come on. It is Charlie Blackman. (laughs) Gotta be kidding. I would have guessed Yaz too. That's why I threw that one in there. This is rigged. <laughs> so we have. It was between the two for me. I knew there was no way it was Mookie or Harper. Uh, you'd be surprised with some of the ones that I found. So don't ever rule it out. But Doc, you have the early lead. So nice job. Tor is on the board with one. So Cheesecake and Rob, you got to get you on the board here. Got to get on the board, man. Yeah. All right. Here's number four. La, 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 la,
This sounds like a funeral. <laughs> All right. Well, your options for number four are Trevor Story, Manny Machado, Matt Chapman, or Luke Voigt. And we are starting with Cheesecake. Manny Machado. Torres. Jeez. Uh, Luke Voigt. <laughs> Rob. I am going to go Luke Voigt also. Doc. I'm going to be a chaser and say Luke Voigt as well. <laughs> well, we have our first offer. That is Matt Chapman. God. Wow. Oh, I should have said him because he's dead to me after last year. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I would have tied in real well. Yeah, but I wouldn't get pumped up listening to that. So, but I guess it works for him. Yeah, uh, no way. Let's go to number five. All right, number five, your choices are A, Carlos Correa, B, Nelson Cruz, C, Juan Soto, or D, Jose Abreu. And we are starting, I believe, this time back to Torres. Correa. Rob? Sorry, Dave, can you say those guys again? Yes. So the choices are A, Carlos Correa, B, Nelson Cruz, C, Juan Soto, or D, Jose Abreu. Why'd you bring Soto up again? This is interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. You know, I'm like, this is like, I remember like my third grade teacher, like process of elimination. I'm going to go Juan Soto just because he reappeared. Yeah, that, 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 that was my. I'm going Soto. So you guys think I would bring it up again for a reason? I don't know. Yes, I, I'm, I, just, I, 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 I'm, I'm going with it. I don't know you that personally. I, I know how you know. think, David. I know how you think. <laughs> Cheesecake, what do you think? I, I thought it was Correa off the jump. I, I like the logic that uh, Robin and Doc are using, but I'm going Correa. Well, you know what? Robin and Doc are smart men because it is Juan Soto. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. I'm glad I paid attention in third grade. <laughs> so, All right. I'm on the board. Thank God. So while I'm pulling up the video, which is going to literally take about 10 seconds, go around the horn starting with Torres. Read your score so everybody can keep up. I have one. Rob, what do you got? I have one as well. And Doc? I have three. End the game now. End the game. No, and the, by the way, the one on the screen is not any of the answers that I have, so don't worry if you saw that. Oh, phew. Uh, and then Cheesecake, what about you? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> He's, got an He's got an offer. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got – we're halfway there. Going to our first one, maybe make sure you guys can, uh, can you guys can hear this, right? Can you guys hear that? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So starting with Rob, your choices are Justin Turner. Matt Olson, J.D. Davis, and Josh Donaldson. Justin Turner. Doc? I think this is Josh Donaldson, and this is where he, he calls it the bringer of rain. It's like doomsday music. Mm. Cheesecake? Gee, I, I should just go with Doc because he's been the best <laughs> in the game so far. But I, I, I'm going to go with Matt Olson. Torres? 
I'm going with Doc, Josh Donaldson. <laughs> he's the he's sitting behind you in class, like looking at the answers. I'm going with right. him. Well, that was a smart move because it is Josh yeah. Donaldson, the bringer of rain. I like actually I think that's my favorite one so far, his music. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. The dash is digi, the schedule busy, my head in a hoodie, my shorty a hoodie, my cousins are crazy, my cousins like boogie. Life is amazing, it is what it should be. Should be. All right, so our choices for this one, starting with, I believe we were starting with Doc for this one. Yeah. Is Glaber Torres, Ozzy Albies, Giancarlo Stanton, or Fernando Tatis Jr.? I don't think you'd use Albies twice after doing that Soto thing twice. I'm going to go Tatis. Cheesecake. Get one, please. Labor Torres. All right, Torres. Yeah. I'm going with what worked before. I'm going with Albies. I think that's your tell. You're going with the double dip. Okay. That's your tell. <laughs> Rob, ah, oh, man, this is this is this is a big choice right here. Um, I'm gonna go Tatis. The correct answer. Torres gets it. Is Ozzy Alves? I told you. Oh, yeah. I double dipped again. <laughs> That's it. No. <laughs> now we know. I thought you were saying Torres for Glaber Torres because that's who uh, I guessed. Uh, <laughs> we have a Torres. Yeah, that is great. Oh <laughs> I was my like, gosh. I got one. <laughs> what the ultimate tease. That actually worked out really great. That was great. <laughs> All right, let's move to number eight. Torres, I think you're close to Doc, right? Aren't you like only one behind? I'm coming back. Let's I go. I got four. I think he got three. All right, here we go. <laughs> what did you say? He Whoever said that's a white the, guy. The whitest guy you say, that's it. All right, so. I feel like he just played the soundtrack from Roadhouse. <laughs> wow. Torres, all right, all right let's, so let's see. Starting with you, Cheesecake, the choices are Bo Bichette, Mike Trout, Pete Alonzo, or Matt Olson. Oh, gosh. All right, going to the tell. That's Matt Olson. <laughs> Torres. The inflection in your voice when you said Pete Alonzo got me Ooh. thinking. Mm. Um, mm. I'll, I'll go with Alonzo. I'll go with my gut here. All right, Rob. Matt Olson. So wait, what are the options? It was Bo Bichette, Matt Olson, Mike uh, Trout, Pete and Pete Alonzo. All right. I'm going with Cheesecake's logic of the whitest one, and that's Pete Alonzo. So, on so Doc, Cheesecake, and and Torres, you went Pete Alonzo, and Rob, you went Matt Olson. Yes. Or Cheesecake, did you pick Matt Olson? I picked, I picked Olson oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. He said, we both yeah. picked Olson. Wait, so Eric, are you picking Olson? Or are you picking? No, I'm Alonzo? picking Alonzo. Alonzo. He's, the white, he's he's the whitest of them all. He's the okay. polar bear. I had to make sure because Torres and Doc are correct. It is Pete Alonso. That's right. See? And you know, 
What's funny is I originally had Anthony Rendon as answer D. And then when you guys said the white thing, I was like, All right, I have to pick a white guy. <laughs> so that one was on the fly. That's, that's the little trepidation. Yeah, no, it was a good right, pickup. So this is the last one, right? No, we have, we have two more. And then oh, if you guys okay. are tied, I have an emergency 11th for the tiebreaker. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. All right. All right, here's the next one. More than you ever know. All right. The choices for this one are A, Mookie Betts, B, Tim Anderson, C, Jose Ramirez, or D, Chris Davis with a K. And we are starting, I believe, with Cheesecake this time. No. It's Torres. Torres, Torres, sorry. Glaber or me? (laughs) (laughs) The original Torres. The original, that's right. The best one. Um, yes. I love my city. Really thinking about that. Mm. So, yeah. who was the first one you said? Uh, I'll read the whole choices for you again. Mookie Betts, Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez, and Kairos Davis. <sighs> Mookie's only been in LA. I don't think he's from that area. I don't think. Um you can't love it yet, right? It hasn't been there long enough. <laughs> I love the thought process. Um, you know, once he wants to stick a javelin right in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, that's that's very true. Um, I'm going to go with Tim Anderson. He's been with Chicago a while. I could see him. I could see him picking that song. All right, Rob. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Mookie. I'm going Mookie. All right, Doc. I'm going Mookie because I think you're going to do this double dip stuff again. All right. Cheesecake. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Uh, Tim, Ander- <laughs> Tim Anderson was my guy off the original list. I'm going to stick with it. Tim Anderson. Torres, I haven't read the answer yet. So if you want to change your answer, you can. No changing. No, that's no, good. Tim Anderson. Let's go. <laughs> He's right anyway. <laughs> He's locking it in. And unfortunately, it is Mookie Betts. Yes. Oh, oh the stick in it. The sticking it move. Okay. Yeah. Move. Yes. I laughed when I heard that. I love it. Respect. Wow. Yeah, that's great. That that's a gangster move. How many more do we have, Dave? We, we have one more. One more. I don't know if we're going to be able to have anybody catch Doc, but we'll do this one. How about this? How about if I guess it without the multiple choice? I I, I tie him. No. Is that, is that an option? Oh, you should win. Oh, I'm, I'm going oh, to win. Just win. <laughs> Why not? Why not? All right. I'm just joking. I'm, I I'm not trying no. to reinvent the rules here. I, I I was just, you know, sometimes, you know, yeah, you're throwing a little <laughs> something like that. To, you know. Yeah. The, Are the, the rules the, negotiable? The, 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 <laughs> real thing is, the real thing is if you just hear a repeat name, that's the automatic answer. I know. No, no. <laughs> it's it's that actually Matt Olson. Every, I think it's every other repeat name. I think it's uh, every I'm other. Making you think. All right. Here's the last one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. You know this song, Doc? All the London. Oh, I didn't even know that song. So I learned something new today. This game is really making me sad because I realized I don't know any of these songs. Like <laughs> I am getting old, man. Like not yeah. one, except the there was one like an old song that I remember. Jeez, and, they're and all you, about- don't, you don't know the London young young thug Travis Scott. I mean, I didn't know it no. either. Nah. These are all these are all new age songs. So the choices are starting with Rob, A. Jackie Bradley Jr., B. Max Kepler, C. Jesse Winker, or D. Anthony Rizzo. 
<sighs> Max Kepler. Doc. Uh, can you read them again? Choices are A, Jackie Bradley Jr. B, Jackie Max Jackie Bradley Kepler. Jr. <laughs> what are you trying to <laughs> What are you trying to say? That uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. has swag, and that that song matches it. Max Kepler, Rizzo. It just I don't even know the last one you said. But. All right, cheesecake. I think JBJ is a red herring. <laughs> it probably could be. I think uh, Max Kepler is Bavarian polka music for his walk up music. I'm going to go <laughs> Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker. Oh, wow, that that would have been good too. Yeah. Torres. I'll go JBJ. Believe it or not, it is Max Kepler. Wow. Yes. Swaggy music. The it is German Max- boy. That's right. awesome. So what, what, what were the, the score? What were the, the most scores? pull hit fly balls in the last two years? Sorry. Swaggy music that. and pull hit fly balls. It's the great yes. combo. Yes. Uh, Torres, what was your final score? No, I don't know. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Rob, what did you get? I had three. I'm proud of it. Cheesecake? I don't. I I don't know. I I six or seven maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I hope. Did you get one? No. <laughs> you took an offer. I took an offer. Oh, I think man. that might I be strong. the first time in the history of any of wow. these games we've played that no one has even been on the board. You that is all. Aware that if it had been about you know fantasy baseball knowledge, I might have done better. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to get out of that, Doc. What did you end up finishing with? I got six. I I can't believe it. I guess I have an ear for music. Yes, you right. do. You're right. Well, that that was a blast. I'm disappointed in the results, and if I had my soundboard up, I would have given him his one-person cheer that I give him. But, hey! There, I did it. <laughs> but <laughs> both of you guys, your presences were truly a present for us. Really appreciate you guys coming on the show. It was a, a ton of fun. Torres, just starting with you first, can you let our listeners know, in case they're not familiar, where they can find your work, where you're at on Twitter, and maybe any other podcasts you might be jumping on? What's going on with you? Yeah, first, let me just say thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you guys. Uh, So you can find my work at Razzball. Um, I write a weekly article there. Uh, have another one coming out tomorrow on some guys, some players whose ADP has dropped considerably um, compare in comparison to last year. So um, make sure to check that out. You can follow me at Torres Takes. Also encourage everybody to check out a lot of great work that's being done at Razzball right now. A lot of great writers over there. Um, just in general, like I don't know about you guys. I am like overwhelmed by the amount of good content that's being put out. Uh, the stuff that's being, I mentioned Victor before, the stuff that SP Streamer is putting out and Pitcher List and, uh, you know, and so many other places. Uh, it's just unbelievable. It's, you know, it's too much actually between the podcast and the written content. It's, it's getting out of control. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, we love this game and it's so cool to be able to connect with people who share that passion. So, um, yeah, thank you guys again. It's one of the best communities out there. Everybody's so friendly. Everybody's willing to share everybody's work. Everybody's anybody that's new or old. Everybody's connected to one another. I completely agree with you, Torres. Uh, speaking of though, is another guy that with here, Rob, who was new this year, just like us. And Rob is legit 
taking off and talking to the top people in the industry and and he's he's just crushing it. So Rob, can you let everybody else know that might be living under a rock and doesn't know what you're doing right now, everything that's going on with you? Yeah. So again, um thanks Dave, Cheesecake, Doc. You guys were awesome to come hang out with. Um I I want to do this again. I want to do this a lot because it's great. We great chemistry right here. It's awesome. Um, and I feel like that with everything. Like Tara said, like um, everyone's been so great. Um, you know, just meeting and networking and talking to people and finding like-minded people. It's, um, just just been awesome. It's a great ride. So yeah, um, find me on Twitter at Hitter. I have the Hitter podcast. Um, we just finished our forty third episode. Um. Yeah, you know, I'm going to do some listener leagues. Um, we'll have some some listeners, some analysts get involved in some NFBC-type leagues. Um, so that's what's on deck. Um, I'm also a part of the SP Streamer family now, helping Michael over there um, with the wonderful slew of writers that they have there. Um, a lot of new guys, um, new new to the game, but um, writing great content like Chris said, Victor, um, Josh St. Marie, um, Todd Whitestone, um, just, just a, a lot of guys, um, you know, contributing to a cool, cool cause over there. Mike, Mike, Mike got something special. So I'm happy to be involved helping him out. And, um, yeah, just continue to do podcasts and, um, you know, just branching out, meeting people, understanding the history of the game, where it came from, because I think that's what um, is important to understand, you know, how we got here, which is why, like, uh, I've been so grateful to talk to, you know, the, like, founding fathers, per se, of this game, just because I've just been learning so much, you know, stuff you read online, then you hear it from the mouth, and 35 years in the game, like Ron Chandler, and it's like, wow, like, there's so much history here, you know, like, this is, this is what brought us to where we are now, and it was, it, it, it just it's cool to you know see like there's so like you guys mentioned there's so much great content out there to propel us into like the next you know level the next uh run of, of fantasy baseball and um i'm just grateful and honored to be a part of it and just to be talking with you guys like it's awesome it's great so, it is fantastic yeah. uh, the, again meeting you guys and uh it's the greatest community in the world and yep. we're all connecting to each other meeting each other and we're going to carry that over to hopefully first pitch when we can all yes. be able to meet in person at some point, which is going to be a blast. I can't wait. Can't wait for that. Doc, where can they find you by the way? Uh, you uh, nobody, no, nobody cares. Okay. Moving on. Oh man. Uh, so cold, but uh, both these man, both these guys truly so knowledgeable, great follows in the fantasy community. So make sure you're following both of them. If you're not already, Heck, I may even unfollow and then refollow just to gain the satisfaction Nobody of following cares. again. <laughs> My God, are you still talking? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but make sure you guys stick with us as we get ready to hop into baseball season. Position previews are over with. But next week, we're going to be talking new faces and new places with Danny Vietti, writer and host of CBS Fantasy Baseball Today every Wednesday. So make sure you don't miss that show. Until then, everyone stay safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, and we'll catch you all next week.